defense doesn't just win championships. Sometimes it wins fantasy leagues. And their defensive line, especially the interior, is getting better. Digzua, Watkins, they can rotate guys in. So he isn't really a tackle-heavy guy at this point, but he's a top 15 linebacker to do those big plays over the past four weeks. This is the IDP Heat Seekers. Welcome back, everybody. It's Monday night. It's reunited and it feels so good. We haven't been doing this in a bit. We're back and we're even better than ever because it isn't just Craig and I staring deeply into each other's eyes. We brought in another. We've got a new member to the team. We're excited to have infamous IDP. If he wants to tell you his name, he can, but I will not be telling you that. He has joined the team and he's bringing some great IDP knowledge, helping with rankings, doing all sorts of fun stuff with us. Tell everybody about yourself and welcome, my friend. I'm glad to have you on. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. My name is Austin Reed, of course. Uh, you guys may have seen me on Twitter, infamous at infamous underscore IDP. That's my Twitter handle. I'm new to the team. Yep. And Brad's just trying to get my name. So he that's why he said he wouldn't say it. He was like, I don't remember it. No, I'm just kidding. But I will say I'm excited to be here. Super happy to be a part of this team. Roto Heat is such a great team to be a part of. And I've loved the show, actually, before I was ever a part of it. I, I watched you guys for a really long time and would often engage with you guys and love the show that you guys put together. And I'm just happy to be here. And we're happy to have you because it is awesome to add some more IDP knowledge to the team we could never get leone or any of those other offensive guys to jump to the defensive <laughs> side so we had to just bring some more on craig how are you my friend it's good to see you what's going on i feel my life's boring it's the same stuff it always is it's work the kid doing this sort of stuff trying to keep up with it all it feels like a full-time job but it's uh glad to be back on monday nights and discussing idp for you brad again and Glad to have you on here, Austin. It'll be fun to have a, a third person, and hopefully we get a little bit more disagreement between the three of us than we would usually have with just Brad and I. Yeah, it'll be good to have somebody to help break up some of the monotony of us either completely agreeing the whole time or disagreeing the whole time. It's good to have a third opinion. Yeah. So tonight's show, we are going to be talking about all the free agency frenzy with regards to the defensive side of the ball. So we have a lot of guys to go through and a lot of pieces to talk about moving so we're just going to jump right into it. We're going to start with Pittsburgh. They've made some fun changes at linebacker. They have added a Miles Jack and gotten rid of a Joe Scobert. I'll let Craig go with this one first. And then Austin, if you want to talk a little bit about how you feel about it, but let's talk about it from the fantasy side. So these moves are interesting, but what is your take on them and how do you feel about them in this defense, Craig? It feels a little bit like a lateral move. To me, they never really figured it out once they traded for Schobert and brought him over. And some of it has to do with health. I mean, that whole linebacking core had issues this past year, but they really hadn't sorted out who was the main guy there. It vacillated back and forth, and they just had a small enough cap hit where it really didn't matter. They could get rid of him. Miles Jack is younger, so that's good, and I think he's more athletic overall. So it'll be interesting to see how those two play off of each other, but it really feels like a lateral move unless they figure that out in terms of who the main guy is there, neither one of them that Schobert or Miles Jack played well last year. Miles Jack has really been up and down throughout his career, whether he's playing well or not. But for IDP, I think it'll probably be a lateral move for Miles Jack. And then Joe, we have to see where he lands, but he could still maintain value if he goes to a situation where they need a main guy or a secondary guy. What do you think, Austin? Yeah, that's, I'm pretty much on the same boat as far as thinking that this is a, a lateral move. I looked at the cap 
that they would clear from shipping Schobert out and they cleared about 8 million in cap space. Miles Jack, as when I looked at him, obviously he's a younger guy. I would probably prefer him if I was to choose fantasy perspective. I would say go with the Miles Jack. He's 26. He's used mostly as a run defender. He's not a real great pass rusher, but he can get it to the quarterback and use his athleticism to get around. 2020, he did grade out as a top 10 linebacker per PFF. And, uh, but 2021, he was pretty bad. And I would give credit to what happened in Jacksonville this last year was not very impressive on either side of the ball. And then obviously dealing with some other stuff. He's a great tackler, solid tackler. And I think Pittsburgh should actually be a solid bounce back spot for him. That historically, uh, Pittsburgh's a good defense, coach defense. I think that it'll be a, a big help for him to make that move over there. As for Schobert, we'll see where he goes. Um, he's 28 years old, finished around linebacker 31 in fantasy scoring. He did have a lower snap percentage in years than he did in years past, a few less impact play. Um, but he's going to help somebody get better wherever he goes. Unfortunately, maybe he was just a cap casualty. They thought that they could get a little better player, younger player for less. And uh, so I think that schematically, uh, Miles Jack's going to be a better fit. Yeah, the thing I like about Scobert is I think he fits well with a team that's ready to compete, that needs a veteran leader in the middle of the defense. Guy knows how to make the reads, make the calls, make the adjustments, get guys in position to be successful. I think he will fit well. I don't know. His fantasy ceiling doesn't feel that high to me, depending on where he goes. He's really got to go somewhere where he steps in and be LB1 for me to think that he really gives you a lot of value more than the depth linebacker that you rotate in depending on how deep your league is. Miles Jack, to me, is the interesting one because Devin Bush flies all over the field. Miles Jack flies over the, all over the field. You have those two anchoring the middle of that Pittsburgh defense. That could be that could be really, really nasty in the AFC North with how much speed those two have by themselves, depending on what they wind up putting on the field come week one. Jack could finally, have, could finally become that linebacker that everybody expected when he was drafted so early in Jacksonville. I had him drafted, what was he? I think he was early second round when Jacksonville yeah. drafted him. I'm hoping for the best to have a, I think I have one or two Miles Jack shares that I've just sat on hoping that Jacksonville would stop stinking it up. Even with all the talent they added, <laughs> just kept stinking it up. So it's a good move. If you're somebody that can get Jack for cheap in your leagues, I would do it. So this week, as free agency's gone out, I've started looking for guys like Miles Jacks. I actually landed Deion Jones in a deal, Atlanta's linebacker, just the other night. Was moving some things around. Now that Allen Robinson had signed, I did a package that got... Then I moved Allen Robinson and a few other pieces and got back DJ Shark because I needed a Lions receiver because, you know, I'm a Lions guy. I don't know. I wound up landing DJ Shark, but the main piece I was trying to find to buy was Deion Jones. Jack, Miles Jack is the same way. I've been trying to send out some offers to get some guys that could pop, and then maybe I could either get a better return or I look stupid and it happens from time to time. Right, well, so one next, more thing I want to say with that. Oh, yeah, go ahead. For finding a guy cheap. If you're in a tackle-heavy league, Miles Jack is probably still going to be fine because he will get you, I think – three of the fast four years he has over 100 combined tackles but he doesn't get you sacks by and large he doesn't get you big plays get you a few tackles for a loss but if you're in more of a balanced or especially a big play league i really don't see him ever building on that just from what we've shown out of him we've said this it seems like probably every show and we'll probably continue to say it every show know your league but he certainly does have value in a certain type of league but man once you start counting those big plays more i think he starts dropping in the rankings quite a bit and i don't see that changing with this situation yep yeah obviously i always agree know your league if you don't know your <laughs> league then that's on you but it's hard because when you try to predict what a guy like this is going to do it's hard where your bias comes into play you want to be biased and think that he's going to shoot up and become a superstar but reality has not been that kind to him so 
it'll be interesting to see where it goes, but I absolutely agree. I think you're spot on. Speaking of spot on, the Chargers are spot on with adding another edge rusher to Joey Bosa in Khalil Mack. They traded for him, and the AFC, I think that if they just put all the AFC West games on primetime next season, then they'll be more than entertaining. I mean, that division is ridiculously overpowered at this point. Is there a better division in football? No. No. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see what this means, though, because my concern, though, is, is does it become a cannibalizing type situation because they have so many good edge rushers? Does it hurt Khalil Mack? Khalil Mack has hurt Khalil Mack with all the injuries over the years. But Craig, what do you think about this move to the Chargers and how do you feel about his value? I think it's a good move and they needed someone across from Bosa and Bosa himself hasn't been a bastion of good health across his career, unfortunately. And we've talked about this before. Oh, you can't say someone's really injury prone by and large people aren't. His injuries, a lot of them have to do with the head, and that's one thing I never like to see people messing with. He was left out of a game this past year when he didn't have a concussion because the coaching staff was using a lot of caution with him. So I think that's something to keep an eye on with him. But when we're talking about Mac and needed that second edge rusher, and they really needed to improve that defensive line, which they've done. They went out, they signed Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day to beef up the interior because they were terrible against the run last year. And they had to beef up their defense to be able to try to slow down that division and then the rest of the AFC, it seems. So I like the spot a lot. You know what you're going to get out of Khalil Mack. He's going to be a guy that gives you those sacks, those tackles for a loss. And it'll be interesting to see him with his hand in the dirt probably a little bit more than we've been used to. But he's done it before, and with a really good edge rusher across from him, I like the spot a lot. What about you, Austin? Yeah, I like to still believe that he's a dominant pass rusher. Craig just mentioned that he's going to work right across from Joey Bosa. I think this should work out for him, and he's got a solid linebacker core behind him. I'm not sure if Kenneth Murray's going to work out or not, but Kazir White played really well. Drew Twank Tranquil, he could potentially be okay, maybe. Uh, but, I mean, they have three guys who can play off ball. Being able to let Khalil Mack focus on what Khalil Mack historically has done best, which is play off the line and just be an edge rusher, and that's where he's dominant, I think that's going to work to his favor. And so I would be definitely targeting him. He's an older guy. I wouldn't spend a lot on him. If if I was going to add him to my fantasy team, I would certainly be careful not to spend too much. But if you're in a big play league, like we mentioned earlier, and you know your league, know your scoring, if you're in a big play league, he could potentially return some real value for you if he's able to get to the quarterback. We know he's the king of the strip sack. He's able to do a lot of good things and make big plays. He's not going to get 100 tackles, but a chance to make some big plays and get you some points there if you're in one of those leagues. Yeah, outside of last year only playing in seven games due to injury, he's been fairly healthy most of his career, so it's hard to label him. Obviously, he's getting older, so you don't really know when a player hit that that kind of cliff. But with a guy like Mac, the interesting thing for me will be the way that the Chargers deploy that defense is really, it's very different than a lot of the other teams right now. And they have two to three kind of down line, and then you have your edge guys that they're kind of moving all over the formation. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. I really think the Uchenna Nuosu loss could, I mean, it may be, oh, maybe Kenneth Murray develops and it doesn't make a big deal, but I like Nuosu in, Char- in the Chargers defensive scheme. So it'd be interesting to see how that, kind of all plays off each other and maybe they go get a backer in the draft anything's possible but they're an interesting defense that injuries could either make them awful or if they stay healthy could be great you think of the Derman James of the world to go with a guy like Mac they have some really talented players that over the last few years injuries have bit them but hopeful for him Leo Mac is just a force off the edge him and Joey Bosa you can't double team both of them so who's going to get all that action that's a tough call 
What's well, not? Signed, a, oh, go ahead. They signed J.C. Jackson too. That secondary should yep. be better in terms of the corners. That was a weak spot for them last year too. And he's going to be on one guy or you know one side of the field, whatever. The rest of the cornerbacks should be helped out. Asante Samuel Jr. in his second year. Austin brought him up, but I think Drew Tranquil. If you're looking late in drafts for someone cheaper, a free agent, because Kenneth Murray has stunk. And we don't know what's going to happen with Kazir White. I'm pretty sure he's a free agent. And I could see mm-hmm. him back on a cheap deal because he had a great year last year for him. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of surprised I haven't heard more about his name from other teams because he could end up being a guy that just sends a cheap proved contract again because it really was just one year of production. But they have the makings of a really good defense there if everyone stays healthy. They do. They do. Moving from one potentially great defense to Another potentially great defense. The Buccaneers signed Logan Ryan to play strong safety potentially next to Antoine Winfield. My question to you guys on this one, though, is Logan Ryan has been up and down in his career, but they have Mike Edwards there already, who was a third-round pick, a guy that you were expecting to see in a more of a prominent starting role, has had some ups and downs as well. What do you make of the, the safety group? Winfield's not coming off the field. What are they doing next to him, Craig? I think you're seeing the Tom Brady effect on their defense, like you've seen that on their offense, where they're trying to get a veteran group who knows where they're supposed to be on the field and they know what they're supposed to do. Logan Ryan, like some of those other guys back there, can play all over the place. We've seen him play cornerback. We've seen him play safety. He probably isn't the best anymore. He's getting up there in age. I think he's 31 this year, and that can matter more for defensive backs where speed is the name of the game. Like last year, if you just look at it, first half of the year, he played safety. The second half was mainly cornerback because of injuries that they had there with the Giants. So a one-year deal on a veteran team, I think it makes complete sense because you can use them all over depending on what happens. Maybe they do start off with Mike Edwards there with Winfield. I know they have Carlton Davis. They have a couple other guys. I'm not completely sure on the status of the contracts of their cornerbacks, but he can fit there in a pinch, and it really seems like cheap veteran is what they want on that defense so they're not having to put a ton of faith in a bunch of rookies or second-year guys like they are at edge rusher where they're going to have to put a – Joe Tran, yeah, because they it doesn't sound like JPP is coming back, and we know they're a bit strapped for cash, even with all the salary cap moves that they've made. So I think it makes sense for him. It just doesn't really excite me from an IDP perspective right now. What about you, Austin? What do you think? Yeah, Logan Ryan's always had a penchant for putting up good fantasy numbers. He's a guy that can play inside the box. He's a good tackler. He likes. He's not afraid of contact. But he's 31 years old, and for me, I thought he was a. I think he's a downgrade for the Bucks defense from a pure football perspective. I think I had Jordan Whitehead. Wasn't isn't Jordan Whitehead? Jordan Whitehead will be on the move this year. I believe he's a free agent. So he signed uh, uh, Jets. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. I did see that today. So yeah, I think. Wasn't Jordan Whitehead the starter, though? Uh, safety for yep. the Bucks. Yeah, so I, I think if you asked me to choose between the two, I would say it's a downgrade. Again, he's 31 years old. He's had a career, and he's been good at times. But if you asked me to choose between them, I probably would have kept Jordan Whitehead. So, yeah, this, this felt more like a money move. Whitehead, I was just going to pull up his contract, but I'm assuming he probably got more money than the Bucks really could afford for that position where they could – rotate in a veteran like logan ryan and a young guy because the talk out of tampa forever was the hope was that mike edwards would develop they drafted him i think in 2019 ish in like the third round it was an early day two pick that they were expecting more out of and just haven't really gotten anything or do they do they target that position in the draft at some point obviously with the loss on the offensive line they're probably going to have to go offensive line early in the draft but do they grab a safety to compete for that other spot logan ryan 
looked a little slower as time went on over the last couple seasons. So I don't know that this guy could be your full-time strong safety or whatever version of safety that they put him at based on what they've got. So I wouldn't be targeting Logan Ryan. I would still be, if you're looking for another safety in Tampa, I would try to get Mike Edwards. If you need, if you're in a league that's deep enough that you're trying to look for somebody to stash, to see what happens Edwards or whatever they draft. Cause otherwise, if you look at their roster, they don't they have a, they have, I think five or six safeties on the roster behind the top two, but nobody that you're super excited about outside of Edwards, who was a day two pick. Any final thoughts on that, Craig? Nope. I'll say I kept cutting you off and I want to do it <laughs> for a third time. All right. So probably the biggest free agent sign and the one that hurt me the most, because I wanted my lions to go get this guy because of his ties there. Marcus Williams signed with the Baltimore Ravens, just a massive contract and probably not one that most teams could afford to sign, but I think it really worked out well for the Ravens because of what they because of their need in the secondary to be able to stop the high-powered offenses in the AFC North. Craig, how do you feel about the Williams signing? And do you think from a fantasy perspective this helps his value, hurts his value? Where are you at with him? I think it probably hurts <laughs> his value a little bit in the sense that he's going to have a better defense around him than what the Saints had, but he's also going to be able to move around, I think, more because there's a better team around him. I'm really curious how this ends up playing out for Marlon Humphrey, who had been roaming the field and a do-it-all guy for them, because they didn't have that second safety or the guy deep, Chuck Clark. Chuck Clark plays closer to the line, more like a linebacker, and that keeps him fantasy relevant. You go back three or four years, the same sort of defense was able to maintain two fantasy-relevant safeties when Tony Jefferson was there his first time around and being relevant when Eric Weddle was not unretired with the Rams and you're playing for the Ravens three, four years ago. So I, I do think he'll continue to be a potentially top 10 safety here with even a higher ceiling, depending on how things play out. But the way they utilize the safeties and Marlon Humphrey specifically at that cornerback and just sort of call it a joker in college or something, but roaming around the field, doing all sorts of different stuff for him. I'm curious how that pans out for him, but they needed to get something. They had Brandon Stevens, Geno Stone, and or Darius Washington was undrafted last year with Chuck Clark. And it was Deshaun, wasn't Deshaun Elliott there too? I think that was a guy we were telling people to take a look at, but he's not yeah, there now. Yeah, he he's did it all right last year, but he's not there right now, yeah. They had a nice contract for him. They can get out after three years, pretty much if they want, or four years, it's even cheaper. So I think it's a great move for him. And fantasy-wise, I think it's great too. Awesome. Yeah, he's an incredible tackler, I can say that. I think that it'll... <laughs> I wish he was a little better in coverage. I think he could probably be a little better in coverage, but he's still a fantastic safety. And so he's going to bring a physical presence to the defense that has always had a physical presence about them, whether that's up front, linebacker, and the secondary. Those guys are always making plays. Ravens were one of my favorite. Back when I used to do a draft and team defense was cool, Ravens was my, they were my go-to team defense. So for years, either them or the, the Seahawks. I like it. I like the move. I think it's a good fit for him. And I think Marcus Williams is an incredible talent. And I think he's young enough. If I'm looking for a safe, maybe not my top safety, but if I'm looking for another safety, depending on how deep my league is, he's probably a guy that I'll definitely want to try to go after this year. Yeah, the unfortunate thing with him is he, I think outside of his rookie season, which was like 2017 or 2018, he wasn't a guy that's really been a high-end fantasy producer. He'll have years where he's gotten three, four interceptions to go with a 40-plus tack, solo tackle and some, a little bit of other stuff, but it hasn't been consistent. It hasn't been in all areas. So hopefully the way that Baltimore's defense runs, my hope is that they get more like 2017 
but better because he's a veteran and knows how to read defenses better and things like that, like that version of Marcus Williams, as opposed to the version last year or the last two years where just, I think he wasn't even in the top 30 or so in fantasy scoring for safeties in most league formats. I'd have to verify, but I'm pretty sure when I was getting ready for the show, I looked and said, wow, he really is not in the top, whatever. I think it was 30. So he's one of those guys where I feel like you could buy him low and hopefully he pops. This is another Miles Jack situation in my mind where you can maybe buy him low and get a better return on what your investment could have been. Or he's young enough where he, I think he's only like 25, 26. You can keep him for a while and he becomes your, your safety two or safety three, depth safety, something like that. Yep. All right, uh, next up. So we got, we got a couple moves the Panthers made. They And it's mostly been linebackers as far as I know. They got Damian Wilson. They got Corey Littleton. And I think those are the only two linebackers they got here in free agency, which was interesting because I didn't necessarily see that as the most prevalent need. Get some offensive linemen, go do some other thing. Uh, Craig, how do you feel about them adding a couple of... Corey Littleton was a guy that was a name for a bit here these last couple of years, but just never really panned out when he got to the Raiders. Damien Wilson's been a little bit of the same with Kansas City. He's kind of been up and down. How do you feel about these two linebackers in Carolina? Do you feel like these are guys that are going to give anything more than just depth value? At least one of them is going to end up starting. Which one of them, your guess is as good as mine. They're paying Damien <laughs> Wilson slightly more. Corey Littleton's on a one-year, like $2.6 million deal. Wilson got two years, $6.9 million. And they can get out after it easy after this next year if they need to. So it really feels like they just needed some depth while they figure out what they're doing when the draft. They got Kamal Martin, Frankie Luvu, and Julian Stanford is the only other linebackers on their team. So they needed something besides Shaq. And one of them could have deep league relevance, whoever's the other main guy starting next to him. Littleton, we've seen it with the Rams when he was the guy in the middle, but that's a spot where things get funneled to on the Rams defense, this iteration that they've had with Aaron Donald. So it wasn't completely surprising when the Raiders used him in a very different situation. They didn't produce as well. Neither one of them interests me as any more of a dart for throw a free agency ad until we know who it's going to be and who else they add. Because I can't imagine this is what they're going to go into the season with Matt Rule's job feeling like it's probably on the line at this point. The interesting thing with them is you know, right now is it's they look at like our lads or some of those sites. There's no official depth charts. Both of these free agents are in the starting lineup as soon as the Littleton's kind of your mic and you got Shaq on one side and Wilson on the other. It, it feels like just a couple years back, I think what was the rules first draft, it was all defense. And yet still linebacker is a problem because he didn't really do anything with the linebacker position. So although Jeremy Chin, they flexed around a little bit and he played a little closer and kind of big linebacker type. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with these guys. But Austin, what's your thought on this linebacker group? I mean, do you think this is what it looks like comes? I don't think so. I do think the Panthers run a pretty creative defensive scheme and they do a lot of different things like you uh, alluded to with Jeremy Chen moving him around. They've got some playmakers on that defense that can help the others around them. But linebacker still feels like a really weak spot on this team. And I would probably prefer Littleton, who's the middle linebacker, and possibly even Shaq Thompson over Damian Wilson. Anytime you you start getting outside linebackers, you got to worry about how much time they'll be on the field. Snap, snap percent could take a hit being playing outside but middle linebacker is usually what i go for i would probably go for littleton if i went for anybody but yeah it's hard to think that they won't add another linebacker this feels really weak yeah and this would be these are deeper league type shot or yeah, come in season which whichever guy begins to start to have a lot of snaps and give you some fantasy relevance you go get them off your waiver wire we're not telling you to go spend the farm on most of these guys right now this, some especially these two these are wait and sees 
unless you're in super deep leagues where you're having to start three and four linebackers and things like that and maybe even more depending on your league setup as always make sure if you have questions that are league specific we've got our twitter handles here i still get plenty of dms even in the off season from people asking questions normally it's on the offensive side but i do love to talk defense hit us up on twitter as always make sure you like and subscribe to us here on youtube if you've seen this in some way shape or form we do appreciate it that's my shameless plug for the middle of the show and next up, we want to talk about a former Detroit Lion as well as some new Houston Texans linebackers. And I'm glad he's a former Detroit Lions linebacker because he's more of a special teams ace than anything. Jalen Reeves-Maben and Blake Cashman both are on Texas, on the Texans. Cashman came over in a trade, I believe, right? Did Texas six rounder. For him. Yeah, six rounder. And then Jalen Reeves-Maben signed a two-year deal with them. It'll be interesting to see because Lovey Smith tends to be more of a Tampa 2 type scheme guy, but I don't know nowadays if really the Tampa 2 works the same way as it used to back in the early 2000s so we just didn't see what they do with uh with some of these linebackers in this defense as a whole obviously now they've got the big storm cloud of deshaun watson from over their head now they can refocus and try to figure out what to do with this team but it feels like they've made a lot of moves that aren't making the team better long term they're just kind of stop gaps but craig what do you think about these linebackers and kind of defense as a whole and what is it doing they're rebuilding, which they have to do. I think they realize they're not going anywhere, and that's why you're seeing some of these guys. They're taking flyers on them for one, two-year deals, just the way they have guys that have played in the NFL before. They know what their assignments are. They aren't going to be the best athletes or the best playmakers. Both of these two I could see end up being reserves, though. Cashman, they gave up a sixth-rounder for a former fifth-round pick. Yeah, he hasn't really done a whole lot in the NFL. He's been hurt. He hasn't played for the Jets and the, their linebacking core, which I think says something, but it's a fine flyer. I wouldn't even be putting the little star or whatever you have in your various leagues free agents to keep an eye on your list for him. Reeves Maven has played more. Like you said, you were happy to not see him return, which I think says enough. Mugruje Hill and then Christian Kirksey both resigned there and both were productive and graded out well for them when they played last year. So I think those would probably be the two main linebackers I'd be looking at right now for what they have. These two don't really interest me, but I don't have a problem with the moves from what the Texans are doing. Well, and Reeves Maben, I think when you looked at his PFF grades, he graded out better as a pass rusher, which I think it was super, I think it was very high. I think it was low 70s at best. So I don't know that you can trust him on the field as an every down guy. He's not a pass coverage linebacker. So the worry with him making interceptions or pass breakups or anything, you just, what do you do with that? And I would say they got to look elsewhere. They still got Kirksey and like you said, Camus, Grugier, Harrell, whatever, however you say, you said his name better. And for them, it feels like their draft is just they could pull a Panthers where they draft all defense, and it wouldn't surprise me in the least because they need help in all three levels. They need help in so many different areas on that defense. Austin, other thoughts about some of these guys? Is there anything really here of fantasy relevance on the Houston defense for in your mind? Outside of Grenard, I don't really have anyone on their defense that, that interests me, and not particularly these guys either. I think Eric Wilson could potentially be on the move, so unless he stayed there, he's a guy that I think actually has some talent and could potentially be a good guy to, to have there, and maybe Christian Kirksey, but not really. Now, these two guys, they don't do a lot for me, but they do make sense, I mean, for what Houston's trying to do, what Craig said, stop gap, try to pay these guys as little as possible, and then just try to rebuild. And there, there is not good football that's been happening there, and I don't foresee it changing with this. No, I could easily see them because you you got to think they have two first now from the from their own pick three, and then the Cleveland pick plus second. They've got multiple 
threes, sixes, I think, are the next two rounds where they have multiple picks. I mean, they could easily go get linebacker safe. Now, a couple of pieces because Justin Reed is now long, no longer there. They could easily go add a few more pieces, and I would not be surprised in the least those guys being starters day one over what they've got because there is, you guys were saying, so much depth here, but not really starting quality talent. Even Kersey was a guy we liked for a while and had some intrigue, but then fell off and then didn't produce and is now back in this point now he's just old in fairness he, he got hurt in green bay that's why they didn't keep him when he right. was playing last year for houston because of not having anything else he produced fine for you in that sense if you're looking just by that guy that's on the field that's going to get you tackles it's going to be that same sort of situation and just based on situation i wouldn't be surprised if kirksey if he's the main guy there in the middle form ends up being better than that miles jack or devin bush whatever the second guy is there in pittsburgh I can see him outplaying that, and Kirksey's not going to get drafted nearly as high as either one of those two just based on name. And you could absolutely be right. That is the fun and the terrifying end of IDP fantasy football. Anything is possible. It's all scheme-dependent, and as always, no yearly. Speaking of no, Randy Gregory said no to Dallas, even though they thought they had a yes. And I know that hurts Craig's heart. He went to Denver, and... Dallas filled that in with Dorrance Armstrong. It looked like they gave him an extension. He didn't grade out the best, but he's a guy that it seemed like from everything that I understood, they had high hopes on when they drafted him. And it looks like he's been growing and developing a little bit and adding Scott some sacks in the mix and really getting involved in things. And seems like maybe it's his time to finally shine. Craig, I'll give you the first take on all this. What do you do? How do you feel about Gregory and Denver scheme as well as what do you think about Dorrance in Dallas scheme? and fantasy relevance so i like gregory going there for denver they needed another pass rusher and whether they didn't think they would get uh von miller or didn't want to pay him how much he was going to command whatever the case may be but him with bradley chubb you're gonna have again two nice edge rushers there starting you know he's been a high graded out guy and he's played well when he's played now is <laughs> gregory on the field has been the issue for gregory's entire career it seems like dallas they put all that faith in him to turn his life around it seems like he did and then they went and messed with something he decided to leave so it doesn't surprise me when you're comparing him to armstrong so i think armstrong played in one more game than gregory gregory had one more sack one more tackle for a loss but fewer tackles, and they had similar snap shares so i don't know that it's a completely neutral move but when you look at the cost of it armstrong got six and a half for two years, you know, that's a huge difference less for Dallas, who seems to be one of the only teams abiding by the cap rules and not just restructuring the hell out of their entire team to do what they want. Kicking I that mean, can I'd, right down the road. If they're here, one for one, money doesn't matter. Of course, I'd want Gregory, but I'm fine with the re-signing of Armstrong. Dallas, by and large, if you just look at what they do, they love to re-sign their guys as opposed to go out and make huge free agent splashes. Jerry would rather trade first-round picks for a first-round or for a wide receiver, uh, Roy Williams, Brad, Joey Galloway. They gave up two first for both of those guys, and then one for Amari. So I, don't worry, I, we didn't do anything with those picks anyway. So it wasn't no, it I didn't hurt you. That, but neither did Dallas with Roy Williams. So. <laughs> True. So overall, I like the fit for Gregory and Armstrong. It's fine, but they have to figure something else out because I know they kept a Marcus Lawrence. I don't think he's gonna find his mojo from four or five years ago. It'll be that true defensive end number one. The number one edge guy on that team might end up being Micah Parsons, which kind of scares me because that's not what they drafted him for. I don't think the best use of him. 
But it's Dallas go figure. And Parsons helped carry me to a ship last year, so I don't mind them putting him all over the field and just <laughs> letting him go. Now, obviously, hand in the dirt is not the best place for him for sure. But you watched him when he had his hand in the dirt. It wasn't the best football. We'll see what happens and, and Hopefully something good comes from it. Armstrong, it seems like they have high hopes for, so it would be nice to see something happen for him now that he appears to be getting a bigger opportunity. Speaking of bigger opportunity, Vaughn Miller's wallet had a bigger opportunity to grow here recently because the Bills made it rain on it. So Austin, what do you think about Vaughn Miller to Buffalo, and does it give you any warm fuzzies when it comes to his fantasy value? Yeah, I was surprised to see the move to the Bills. I thought for sure that he was going to stay in L.A. with the Rams. He's going to bring a big veteran presence to this young, talented defense. They've got some guys around him that are really good I and mean, underrated, and then some that we know that are elite. He showed last year that he was still an impactful edge rusher. He's not just a guy. He's not washed or anything like that. He's still very effective, and that's kind of something that we talked about a little earlier with Lil Mac. I think both of those guys are still very capable guys. He's an aging star. You know, he should be a nice piece in deeper leagues. Again, probably not a guy that would spend a whole lot on, but definitely a guy that I would probably try to roster if I've got those big play leagues, if I'm in one of those. Well, and if you look at his contract, it's basically a three-year deal yeah. with low money. They have an out after 2024 where the dead cap is only $7.4 million and $3.7 million. And the base salary for 2022 is $1.2 uh, and then $1.3 next year. Yeah, signing bonuses and some other money in there, but it's basically a three-year deal. Because at that point, now you're talking he's 35, 36 years old. And if anybody could do it, it's Vaughn Miller. The guy has an impeccable work ethic, so it wouldn't surprise me. Craig, what does this mean to this defense? Does this help like guys like Gregory Rousseau, Bash? Like, what are you doing here? I think Austin nailed it on the head when he said he's going to be the veteran presence that can help these guys out. When you look at Gregory Rousseau, he was really down versus about two years ago. Talk about him like a top five pick. Then he sat out. People started nitpicking him. And we did this on this show a year ago. He showed up a lot better in the NFL, and I think he went to a great situation where he would get playing time, but there would be those veteran presences and Addison and then Hughes last year that helped him. I think his playing time picks up. But him and then Von Miller on the other side, you got the Wiley veterans and the athletic freak as your two main guys. And then to your point, you have Basham, Epinesa, as the two guys that are going to rotate in mainly. I think you have a scary best Russian group on a really good defense and really good team overall and having those guys learn from Von Miller and having that Miller production for three years anyway I think it's a great move I agree speaking of great moves I don't know if this is a great move so I'm going to defer to you guys Yannick Ngakwe went from the Raiders to the Colts he's across from K. Witty Pay you've got Deo Odeingo I'm sorry I butchered his name Taekwon Lewis Odingbo, thank you. They've got plenty of defensive ends, but they add another one that has been a bit of a name in IDP. It's kind of up and down. Awesome. What do you make of the Ngakwe move to the Colts? Does it really move the needle for you at all? Yeah, Ngakwe, he had a stellar season, one season in Jacksonville, and he's a physically imposing player, but he's been mostly underwhelming in his career. He's not really a guy that I would be targeting in fantasy per personally. I would be worried that, again, I think we've said this all show, these are guys that you can take later if you've got deep enough teams. Maybe you look at them, you can get them on a discount, and maybe they could outperform where you get them at because that's the goal. But Overall, I mean, he's not a guy that really excites me anymore. I've pretty much moved on from Ngakwe. That's just where I stand on him. What about you, Craig? Are you moving on or are you moving on up to get him? He is 
not draftable almost if you're in a tackle heavy league if you're in balanced or you're in big play leagues certainly you can take a look at him because that's about all he does is he'll get you tackles for a loss and sacks last year he had 10 and 8 he had 17 solos and 11 assists in the game that he played he either gets you a big play or he doesn't get you anything so depends on what you're looking for your league i think he's fine he one year 13 million dollar deal because that's all that's left going to indianapolis and they could use veteran presence on those edge rusher from the two rookies they had from last year both of them which had injuries odangbo had it before the draft and they still took him in the second or third round and then pay just seemingly couldn't get healthy all last year till the very end so it's kind of similar to von miller if you want to call it that i agree with austin someone's going to take him on the name recognition probably before i am in any draft so he really isn't on my radar, but I'm fine with the deal and what it does for the defensive line. Yeah, and when it comes to an established dynasty, I would be targeting the other defensive ends on the Colts because this guy's name will move the needle for people, but not me. Pay, obviously, I'm a fan of. Benogu would be an interesting guy to take a look at. Ben Benogu, they drafted him a couple years ago in the second round. Those are guys that you can take stash. Pay is not a stash guy. He's a guy that probably would be <laughs> harder to get, but Benogu would be a guy you could stash to see if something transpires. Because, yeah, Ngakwe is probably not a long-term solution and probably more helping them learn to be better pass rushers because he can get to the quarterback, and that, like you said, that's about him. Speaking of guys that can uh, that can get to the quarterback, Chandler Jones to the Raiders. The Raiders are making moves. They're doing lots of things. They're stealing wide receivers from Green Bay. They're snagging Chandler Jones. This, is, this has been a big offseason for the Raiders. They tasted that sweet playoff appearance, and then they want more. Craig, I'll throw it to you first. Does, does Chandler Jones – is this something – where you want to try to target him as an owner or you want to make sure he's on your roster? Or is this one of those things where like the Raiders are where play IDPs go to die? In redraft, I'm fine taking him pretty high. Dynasty, if you're contending and you can get him for a decent pick, I wouldn't pay a premium pick for him because of his aid. But every year since 2015 that he's been playing at least half the year, basically healthy, he's had double-digit tackles for a loss and double-digit sacks. So he's still a great pass rusher, and I don't see that changing, especially with a guy like Max Crosby across from him. And Chandler Jones made a big thing in the press about being able to have a choice of where he goes to because he was drafted by the Patriots, then he got traded and re-signed. But he made a big deal out of, I get to pick where I want to go. I'm going to go to a position that they're going to utilize me the way that I want to be. So he clearly wants to be there. I'm sure the money helps. Basically, never uh, hurts. They got an out after two years, so it's not like it's a crazy deal either. But in redraft, certainly I'm making a flyer on him. And if I'm contending and get him any sort of a discount because of his age, I think he's still going to put up great stats. Austin, any, anything else you want to add? Is there anything that excites you about him? I got him in the 30th round of a dynasty startup with IDP. Wow. Eight linebacker that we took overall. It was one of those situations with him and with Jordan Brooks, who I think we took as our, like, fifth or sixth linebacker where it was just like we can't possibly let these guys fall any farther like we can't possibly do it i think chandler <laughs> jones is a big time player he's got gas in the tank left despite his age i think he'll probably finish top five to ten in sacks again this season he's just a monster on the edge he needs to stay healthy obviously I think talking about the raiders and their defense and historically how 
bad they've been. They've got some good pieces now. Max Crosby, Zell Perryman, who played well last year, he's returning. Locked in. I think he's going to be another guy that I'll target a lot at linebacker. Jonathan Abrams, an outstanding safety. So they've got some really nice pieces on that defense to let Chandler Jones just go to work and do what he does best. So I, I am not fading Chandler Jones yet. And yet there's it's not uncommon to see a lot of times we get this ageism like with dynasty where guys over 27 28 years old you just fade them into oblivion if you look at the defensive line players particularly edge rushers i am surprised at how long some of these guys stick around and have so much success so i think chandler jones is one of those anomalies and i think he's a guy that despite his age i'm buying shares of him wherever i can get him especially if it's at a discount my only concern about is mostly the division he's in. So we went from the division with some of the worst offensive line play in football to a division that has plus offensive line play, but has better quarterback play to get the, to make sure to get rid of the ball or the escape of Russell Wilson. He's he's faced plenty of times being in Arizona, but then you've got Mahomes. There's some quality quarterback talent. And we even touch on Justin Herbert and those offensive lines are good to boot. So that'll be the interesting thing is how all that plays out new coaching staffs and new schemes they're going to try to deploy it'll be interesting i'm really i like the player and i like the veteran leader and i like his ability and i think he's one of those guys that you'll want to be starting probably on the regular this season so i don't know we'll see what happens speaking of seeing what happens seattle wants to see what happens with uchenna nuosu so they grabbed themselves a linebacker from the chargers craig what do you think about this move do you think this brings you closer to the old school legion of boom or does this get you further away from anything of fantasy relevance. I think they're trying to rebuild that defense on the fly because they really couldn't figure out those pass rushers last year. They have a nice one in Taylor, Darrell Taylor, who I think mm -hmm. could end up being something. They cut Dunlap. He didn't do a whole lot. Hyder's gone. They really are just trying to – I think they should be rebuilding the whole team, but I don't think Pete Carroll is. I think he's trying to do one of those mini rebuilds where you get rid of a – few of your older guys and then try to stay relevant and i don't know if it's going to work but in the spirit of that i think this is a fine flyer it really is another one of those one-year deal sort of things and to your point before brad he showed some promise in the chargers taking one of these shots at a guy like that for one year it really doesn't hurt him long term and they might end up striking gold so i'm all in favor of it and probably a late round flyer at best again i don't see him going anywhere near the top half of a draft and to you, Austin, so the Washington Commanders, still sounds weird, Washington Commanders cut Landon Collins and Matt Ioannidis. Is there anything for those guys going anywhere else? Do you think Collins becomes fantasy relevant, goes anywhere else and does anything, or are you just fading and running away from those guys completely? No, not Colin. He's a guy that, depending on where he lands, he could help a contender out. Like, he could still play. I don't expect him to get signed and paid a bunch of money or anything like that. Probably a short prove-it deal, something that's team-friendly. But if he goes to the right spot, he's a guy that I would definitely keep an eye on. Physical player, loves to go make the hit, get tackles and things like that. And we know it's safety. That's where you make the most money in fan, like grabbing those safeties that are willing to go make those tackles. And he's a guy that does that consistently. So I like Colin. Honest, I don't really have an opinion on him. I don't. He, he did really sign in Carolina. Yeah. Oh, did he? I'm about to say he's a depth D tackle in Washington. He's probably the same in Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't do a whole lot for me. But Landon Collins is potentially fantasy relevant this year. Keep an eye on where he goes for sure. Okay. And last one before we get to some QA. So the Saints traded a Marcus Williams for a Marcus May in signing the former Jet safety. Craig, what's your take on it? Do you feel like 
May steps in and gives you similar value to what, what Williams was, which is obviously kind of safety three type production most years, maybe safety two if he's lucky. How do you feel about this move? Fantasy-wise, I'm fine with it. He had showed out really well, and it was good enough last year that this time the Jets had franchise tagged him, didn't play so well, and then he got hurt. He tore his Achilles, so we'll have to see how he returns from that. He's older than I thought. He's going to be 29 this year, and it feels like we just talked about him being a rookie like two years ago or something. I don't know where the time went or if it's just the Jets sapping the energy out of people. But it's basically a two-year deal with decent money. He graded out poor or poorly, like I said, last year. But the two prior years, he graded out well. They have him and I think it's Malcolm Jenkins are really the two safeties that they have left there. And their linebacking core is still a mess. Pete Werner is showing some promise. But Demario Davis started seeming like he was going off a cliff. Zach Bond hasn't showed him anything. And I know they're trying to do that rebuild on the fly and stay relevant thing there in New Orleans, but it really doesn't feel like it's going to work. So I'm fine with it. I think he's going to get opportunities. And you could probably see similar to when he was a full-time starter with the Jets, the kind of production he got out of there. So I like the move. Okay. I like the move too. I don't have any issues with it. It'll be interesting to see because they most likely have to target so many other positions. Safety could be ignored to later in the draft or maybe even not at all. Remember, they still have a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson on the roster that they have to figure out what they're doing with them. Okay, so with that being said, hopefully for those of you that will be listening to this in podcast form, we appreciate you guys listening to this in podcast form. Like, subscribe, make sure you drop a rating or review on Apple or anywhere else. And we'll talk to you next time. The IDP Heat Seekers is a proud member of the Roto Heat family of podcasts. Find more content on Dynasty, Redraft, Devi, and more at rotoheat.com.